When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sportsbook that gives you tools to win, like my bookie. And my bookie doesn't matter if your team's up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boost, same game parlays. I like teasers. And take advantage of the huge prize pool contest. Plus, my bookie currently has a no strings attached cash bonus that lets you deposit, withdraw, Quick, carries a one-time rollover, can't find that anywhere else. Just use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, or scan the QR code on this video right next to my face here to claim your own cash deposit bonus now. That's promo code 49ers. So try my money uh, money bag. Uh, you basically roll the dice, and it picks a team and gives you extraordinary extraordinary odds on who's going to win the Super Bowl. Um, lots of fun options there, so bet anything, anytime, anywhere, and I do mean anywhere, wherever you are, you can bet with my bookie. Just make sure you use the promo code 49ERS, and let's go. Let's make some money together. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the 49 Carrots Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carrots Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, December 27th. How are we all holding up? You got... Doing better? I mean, I, I know um, on this Wednesday morning show with John Chapman and Wayne Breezy, we always make sure to keep the vibes right, all right? So we're going to keep it going. Fellas, how you guys doing today? Vibe is good. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's time to put it past, you know, win or lose. We'll be looking, we're looking forward to this upcoming game this week. So uh, tough loss on Christmas night. I'm sure that every 49er faithful fan, especially on the East Coast, had it really hard to go to sleep because it was damn near midnight and we didn't know what to do. Whereas my West Coast family could drink for another three hours. So it, it was rough. But, you know, we're here. It's good to talk football with you, too. Uh, it, it, it was rough. You know, we were at the game. I, I was lucky enough to bring the family to the game, which was a really cool experience, even though the loss was there. But we're still right where we want to be, which is the number one seed in the NFC. You've got two wonderful challenges ahead of you and the commanders and the Rams. You take care of business. You're everything. All your goals are still attainable. So you take the lump. And I will say this, and I know we're going to talk about it a little bit, the Sebastian Joseph Day uh, contract, ni nice little, uh, nice little benefit. Yeah, I mean, let's just get right into that right away because, yeah, the 49ers dealing with 
a lot of different injuries. Um, look, let, let's just rattle off some of the injuries here. Uh, Kyle spoke with the media yesterday, Tuesday morning, and he pro- he said he couldn't provide updates on the injuries that were suffered Monday night. So we're still waiting to hear on Trent Williams with his groin injury. Although Trent, after the game, said that he'd be fine. Um, we're still waiting to hear on Aaron Banks, who you know exited the game with a toe injury. And we know that Jalen Moore suffered a concussion. So he'll be in the protocol this week. As for the pre-existing injuries, Jawan Jennings is still in concussion protocol. Um, he was definitely missed on Monday. Uh, Oren Burks, Elijah Mitchell are both expected back at practice this week. And the hope is that Ross Dwelly will be able to return to practice. Um, and of course, the big one is Eric Armstead, right? Who, according to Kyle, is still in the same situation going into this week. And I mean, Eric Armstead's update, at least to me, is some reason that the 49ers made this move uh, to sign Sebastian Joseph Day to a prorated one year deal, former Chargers and Rams player. I love this move, all right? And I know I know it does give us some concern over Eric Armstead and what this may mean for him, you know? I think there's some writing on the wall with this. But at the same time, I think this gives the 49ers the flexibility to not rush Eric Armstead back. Like, obviously, with the plantar fasciitis, like, that can linger. We know as much as, you know, last year when he missed a number of games. I believe he missed six last year with that. So... You know, just just have him rest a little bit. Take as much time as you need. But ideally for the playoffs, Armstead, we're going to need you back, buddy. And this is a great move in the meantime to, you know, not have everything fall on Javon Kinlaw's shoulders. I think, you know, we like him in a more reserved role just because it keeps him fresh, keeps everyone on the defensive line fresh. So I definitely like this move. And I, I think he'll he'll be a great run stopper for this team. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think, and this is why they they kind of went with this move. They want to create that interior uh, as far as stopping the run first and foremost, but also you can get some pass rush from this guy as well, Sebastian Joseph Day. He has a high motor, and, and he takes zero plays off, and I'm going to keep it a buck. He's going to add the fight to the 49ers defense. I, I, I'm not saying that they're all wusses or whatever like that, but I'm telling you now you got you a, a, a literally a fighter out there he can potentially be uh as far as like the energy kind of like what trent williams is to the offensive line and i know that's giving him big i'm not saying the production is going to be at that elite level but i'm talking about as far as just being just being physical just being out there being a monster it's a good peak pickup for the san francisco 49ers with sebastian joseph day i'm kind of glad that they went out here and 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 we're looking at him i'm glad he was able to clear waivers uh and look the niners are always searching right and i know everybody is scratching their head because they're saying well dang it why are we not getting offensive linemen well because they're not available and so you go with the other side you get your defense you keep it stout me personally, I'm not too worried about Eric Armstead. I mean, he's a savvy vet in the NFL, and he's going to be dealing with this plantar fasciitis for the rest of his life. And if you can take some time to allow him to heal, because for those that have this actual, you know, condition like myself, it's just a pain. It's really pain tolerance, and it hurts. 
And so I can imagine how a six foot seven, 300 plus pound or less than two, 300 guy, like how it, it can affect him. I'm not that tall or that, that heavy, but it hurts me. So I can understand, like, just give him some time. Let his feet kind of rest up. I'm more concerned about the knee um, or whatnot. But I think Eric Armstead is going to be just fine. He'll be a full throttle uh, to go. This is kind of like his break time, which is what he gets kind of like now. He's earned this, right? And so, yeah, we want him out on the football field, but... We want him out on the football field healthy, and so it's playoff time. And where does Eric Armstead numbers go up? In the playoffs. John, to you. Yeah, it, I like the day signing. I was real big when he got released, which it was kind of like a cap-saving move. He did a three-year, $24 million deal with the Chargers. 2024 is the last year, and so their rebuild mode, you know, coaches, everybody's fired. It was just a cost-saving measure of ripping the Band-Aid off. Now – Here's what I – and I, I love that you talked about the fight. It, he played for the Rams for four years. He was fighting with our linemen every damn game. And so, yeah. like, this dude is chippy, chippy, chippy. And if you look at his numbers, it's not like he was playing bad football. He had his best year in 2023 this year for the Chargers as far as rushing the quarterback. All career highs um, – pressures 25 pressures three sacks seven quarterback hits 15 hurries to put that into perspective those are almost the identical numbers of cleveland farrell this year so now you're adding that from a defensive tackle side and again the motor and the anger that's what you're getting with this guy he is just mean um he wants to fight and he wants to go all out all the time and what's crazy is he was a six-round pick out of rutgers he's only mm -hmm. not started one game like his first game in the NFL, that was Terrible. his only non-start. It took one game for them to be like, all right, this dude's a perennial starter. Six consecutive years starting every game he's appeared in. So I think that this is a little bit more of a T.Y. McGill move than it is an Eric Armstead move. Because um, okay. now what's going to happen is you can just bump, you can keep T.Y. McGill on the shelf on the practice squad, and then you give all those snaps today. It's depth. I love it. Um, it's just keep it a strength to strength, and now you don't have to rush Armstead back this week. Let him come back next week against the Rams, and you know it's a short week going from Monday to Sunday. So I, I would even tell Eric Armstead just stay home. I don't want you traveling across the country. You just stay home, and then for the Rams, we want you out there for that. That's the goal. A revenge game for Joseph Day against the Rams. Yeah, he's just 28 years old, and yeah. he was part of that 2021 Super Bowl team with the Rams, so he has that experience that's always nice to have in your back pocket. And, yeah, with the Chargers, you know, he was a team captain this year. And, you know, for for the reasons of Brandon Staley being fired, you know, he, he went along with them and was waived. But at this point in the season, this is a great move for the 49ers. I love it. I can't wait to see what he does with this team. Uh, shout out JP Hellahard2800. Uh, he says, my surgery is tomorrow. Keep me in your prayers. For Definitely sure. will do that. Uh, my girlfriend had surgery yesterday. All went well. Going to pass Good. on those positive vibes to you now. Hope everything goes well for you. But thank you uh, for the donation. Um, but while we're on the topic of defense, I want to talk about someone else here. Jason Verrett. The man has been through a lot with the 49ers, right? And even before the 49ers, it just seems like the 49ers have always been there for him. And it, like, it's very clear that there's a certain level of mutual respect between the team and Ferret. 
Sorry, I'm going to pronounce his last name like three different ways in the span of the show, by the way. So just telling you guys right now. But like among the, the org, you know, the players, there's so much respect for him. And the 49ers signed him to the practice squad December 11th and made hit, and he made his practice debut with the team December 13th, so two weeks ago. At the time, like I think we thought this is a solid depth signing for this team behind Ward, Lenore, and Thomas. And so when I saw that he was active for this game, I didn't think too much of it. Um, then we heard he was warming up with the ones. Okay, that's interesting. And then, you know, very obviously looking forward to this game. Uh, his first game action since 2021. He hadn't played uh, in more than two years. And so I think I was surprised to actually see him out there in the game. You know, while the game was still close, the 49ers were just down five at the time when he went in there. It was a pivotal point of the game for me. And I, I actually just want to go back and and show the point of the game in which this happened. Well, first, let me let me rewind a bit because coming out of the coming out of the half, the 49ers got the ball back. And this is where I kind of feel like it was a turning point of the game for the 49ers. And it could have gone either way at this point. We know how it went. Um, but 49ers get the ball back after the half. They go a quick three and out. They have to punt it. Mitch Wisnowski gets called for his penalty. And so Baltimore gets really good field position here. They get the ball at San Francisco 44. And this is now where Jason Barrett enters the game for the 49ers. All right. And going into this drive for the Ravens, 49ers were down five, like I said. So they get a touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. It was a six-yard touchdown. It was a it was a very quick drive, just three plays to get this touchdown because of the short field. Um, and, yeah, it was Jason Verrett who was on coverage on Nelson Aguilar on that touchdown play. So I want to ask you guys your thoughts. Obviously, like, we have a lot of respect for uh, Verrett here as well. Um, but him getting worked in, like, do you guys feel that it's a yay or nay on the side of like kind of unnecessary? I mean, it's 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 kind of like if it would have worked, it would have been everybody would be screaming happy go lucky, didn't give up the touchdown. Um, but I'm I'm more concerned with him playing out of position. And I know a lot of people were like, yo. Like he can play outside, he can play slot. I I don't ever remember ever ever seeing him play in the slot, and I don't know why he was playing in the slot on that particular play. And on that particular play, he was just out of position and lost. He was literally lost in space. I have not watched the film yet. I do apologize, but my point is, I do know he was playing in the slot, and for some reason, that's where you know they put him and he failed and so that's a rep where he lost and uh to be a little fair i mean that play was a, a scramble extended play i don't know if that is the reason why he was so out of uh position on that because his back was turned uh to the quarterback he didn't really know what the hell was going on and then aguilar just put on a move and got open we see that happen all the time now i don't know if that is on jason verrett but it happens in the nfl consistently when the quarterback scrambles blah 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 i still think if he's healthy and you feel like he's going to be an addition to uh, uh depth to your roster 
There was an injury to Ambry Thomas. I'm not sure if that was the reason why this happened because I don't remember when Ambry got injured. I do know he's dealing with a hamstring injury, so that could be that point where they decided to put Lamore, uh, Lenore back on the outside and put him in the slot. Ambry was, may have been off the field, or Ambry might have been on the field. I don't remember, but all I know is, you know, was as far as Jason Verrett, I like him outside. Um, will he get more reps? I don't know. Um, I, I don't. I don't really know. Um, it just that play didn't work. That that play failed, and it's unfortunate for the 49ers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, I, I actually like Vered in the slot personally. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, one, he played there for TCU. He played there a little bit his first couple years, but that's a long time ago. He's been in the league forever. Um, and Shanahan was asked about this. He, he was played in the slot for the four weeks that he was on the practice squad for the Texans um, all through training camp, all through the season this year. And so now no game action. But that's where he's been practicing. That's where he's been practicing exclusively for the 49ers since he's joined this team as well. I like it. And, and here's like, obviously it didn't go well, but it was a quarterback scramble. Like it was like five, six seconds out there. Lamar was juking people. And so he played five snaps. Now, here's one of my favorite things about Steve Wilkes is that he does get people experience, which played huge dividends for the rookie Jair Brown. He was getting snaps all year long before Tua, or before uh, Talanoa got hurt. When he stepped in, he had experience. We're already doing the same with Daryl Luter Jr., who got snaps this game as well. I'm not hearing anybody really talk about that one, but that's getting game experience. Where have the 49ers struggled in the past? When you have an injury, you throw somebody in there and it doesn't go well. Well, small sample sizes and getting that game experience and tape to work on now as you get to the playoffs, I really don't mind it. Um, I, I don't think that he was like – terrible or anything like that yeah he lost this guy in the back of the end zone on an extended play and he got beat like i don't know i i think trying to f solve problems before they happen is a good thing i hate the age-old adage of well let's just make cmc play every single offensive play even though the game was out of control late like i i don't like that and so i want to see depth i want to see way more people get snaps and so i like this move personally i know that it didn't pan out positively today 
but I want other people getting snaps just in case an injury happens. So um, the more options at corner, which I think is a weak spot for us, even though I like the three guys we have, but outside of those three guys, it's question marks. If Ambry goes down or Demo or Charvarius Ward, which we've seen all of them now have dealt with injuries. We need somebody else to be that fourth guy, whether that's Ferret in the slot or whether that's Looter outside, develop that depth so that you can overcome these injuries. Yeah, and Kyle did say, like, okay, that was part of the reason for him being in there, experimenting for things in the future, you know, wanting to see what works. I think my issue with it is I'm I'm all cool with that. Like, again, very, like, we we like him. I want to see him in there. I want to see him get opportunities. But in a five-point game in the third quarter uh, against the Ravens, like, you couldn't have saved the experiment against the commanders or something like that. That's kind of my thing. Um, okay. And on the, on the topic of Ambry's injury, maybe I'm putting my tinfoil hat on here, but I don't know if I'm buying that Ambry even had an injury because we didn't even see him mentioned after the game. He came back into the game after those, those snaps from Barrett. So I, I don't know if you if you recall early in the season when they were still trying to figure out Isaiah Oliver in the slot and, and doing all that musical chairs early. There were some fan or what I believe were like phantom injuries happening to kind of, you know, excuse some of those rotations. And so I kind of feel like it was the same thing here. Uh, Kyle was specifically asked like about Ambry Thomas's performance and if, you know, he was satisfied with that he has no issues with Ambridge performance so I'm like at the same time I'm cool with the experimenting and all that but Ambridge Thomas has been playing some good football and and to me I don't I don't know if he deserves to even be like rotated in or out right like usually if you want to rotate guys in it's because the the usual starter or who whoever is in that place you know, leaving much to be desired sometimes, right? But I don't feel like Ambry Thomas has been doing that. He played a good game on Sunday as well. So it's it's He's a been little... awesome. He's been the, awesome. The, the only way, the only way, in my opinion, that a player deserves any snaps as depth is if there's an injury. That's it. Right. Other than that, no experimenting. You really? can't. No, you can't experiment. Like, how... If it ain't broke, John, don't fix it, bro. Don't fix it, yeah. Like you uh, know that, and you can't uh, I, as much agree. as as much as I love the players on this team and Jason Verrett. I'm not going to experiment. Now I, I I I think he's a great cornerback, but again, he was out of possession, and then it's short field too. On top of that, it's not like he had time, space, and 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 time to make a play on a ball on a scramble play. That's those are the facts. But why are we experimenting? My, my head coach just said we were experimenting. What the hell are we experimenting for? You need to win this game, or maybe we didn't need to win the game. Like, what? What? What is it? I, I don't know. So, so, like, my whole take on that game was none of that made sense. The only thing I'm gonna come back and say is maybe it was just one of those games to get right and kind of figure some things out and 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 experiment and see what we can do going forward. Because since Steph doesn't buy a, a, an Ambry Thomas injury, I don't buy a Brock Purdy stinger again. Like I just don't. I just think it was time to get him out of the game. <laughs> it was nothing much more he could do. And yeah, we'll just use that and put Donald in and let you rest up, come back because it was over. So like I look, I 
I just don't agree with the experiment in in that situation. Like, it, I you you if that was a Super Bowl, you're gonna experiment. Like, I don't get it. Like, it, you, I the only way those players need to come into a game is if there's an injury and you got to get out there and go through the fire and you take your lumps because at least you can say, well, they ain't played there, they ain't have the reps. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard for me to agree with that, John. Sorry. That's cool. No, disagreements are a great thing. And I, I guarantee you they're having these same conversations, Kyle and Steve Wilkes out there at the same time. And look, one time it didn't work out well with Jason Verrett. But then at the same time, Steve Wilkes a bit there like, what about Jair Brown? The only reason why that dude was ready to step in the game time is because we got him snaps in the 10 games previous. And so it's it's a little oh. bit of both. It, it is, but it's a totally different position. And, and Jair Brown's been playing safety all his damn life. All you got to do is go out there and play safety. Are you going to play in the box? You're going to play deep. Like, figure it out. And he still doesn't look great. Still doesn't look like he's ready. But they have no choice. They can go sign another player, bring another vet in, which they did. I feel like he's hurt, too. Well, he must have got hurt in my video game. But at the end of the day, my point is you can't really – Experiment at the beginning of the season is one thing. Experiment at the end of the season, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's good. The continuity isn't there. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I know people in the comments are saying, well, they rotate, you know, defensive linemen. It, you know, they've been mixing in and experimenting at offensive line, too. It's different. Um, it's different. Yeah, it is. It is different. I, I do agree with you. Um yeah, it's it's just interesting. It, I'm okay with experimenting, but don't do it in a game against the Ravens, you know, when the game is still close. You could have done it at the end of the game when the game was pretty much, like, done at that point. Or you could do it next week against the Commanders. You'd still have plenty of time before the playoffs to see, okay, who's our, our better matchups here, who we like, because that's really what the 49ers want to figure out. I totally understand that and and wanting to have all your options available to you. Um, but I just didn't like the timing of it. That's that's all. And, you know, frankly, they put uh, Verrett in a difficult spot. And, like, having him guard out there, and I don't know, maybe it was an injury to Ambry Thomas. Maybe he had to go out there, but – it's tough. It's, it's tough for Barrett on a short field to be out there guarding Lamar Jackson, who moves around in the pocket, that extended the play. That's pretty much what happened on that one. So it is what it is. I just – interesting to get your thoughts because I was kind of feeling, you know, the same way about it. So, um, But, look, you know, the thumbnail of this video and the title of this video is – about is the blueprint out on on Brock Purdy and that's like the main topic I want to focus on today because I know people are saying it maybe more as a joke and trolling because Nick Bosa <laughs> said that about Jalen Hurts um but if you look at what the Browns did and what the Ravens also did this past week there's some similarities in what these two defenses did both of these two defenses though are the top defenses in the league. And so when I look at what they're doing, there isn't a lot of teams that can do what they do just because, you know, the Ravens are, they have the personnel to do it simply like, and, and a lot of teams simply don't, and they don't have the right coaching for it, but you know, they had a very sound game plan to stop this 49ers offense to complicate 
Brock Purdy's life a little bit. Take everything that he was doing well and use it against him, right? Um, and so do you think that other teams can also capitalize on that, see what the Ravens did, and be able to do the same thing? Are you kind of like me and thinking, well, you need the right players to do that, and most teams in the NFL don't? It's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I will say that there is a blueprint on – every player out there in the nfl there especially when it comes to quarterbacks there's a blueprint on taking them away so let's let's just be fair with that uh that statement right then and there as far as when it comes to brock purdy i i slightly disagree with the defenses being similar i felt like they they they, they attacked us a little bit differently I felt like the Cleveland Browns defense decided to like really implode the interior and really like get to Brock Purdy like right in front of his face and take away Brock Purdy's quick throws. So if, if that's the goal and what you're saying, I agree with 100% because what is Brock Purdy known to do? Be efficient. And so instead of him being efficient in this particular game, I felt like the Ravens, I felt that the offensive line did pretty decent against the interior pressure. They, they were sending blitzes like from the side and you had cornerback. I ain't never seen so many cornerback blitzes in my entire life. They, they, they cornerback blitz so much. George Kittle didn't even call it a corner blitz. I forgot what he said, but it was funny. But my point is they blitzed a lot and it really affected, you know, Brock Purdy's kind of like, I don't want to say safe space, but him to get that quick throw out to like a Debo Samuel or, or a swing pass to a running back. And so is that the blueprint to beat, get Brock Purdy rattled up and defend him? Possibly. But you said it. Not every team is built like the Ravens or the Cleveland Browns. And so if teams can try it, my whole thing is how do we adjust to it? And so like that's where it comes down to coaching and executing because the coaches have to be able to see what we saw and what they did. And so when they go and watch this film, all right, man, I'm expecting the defenses to figure it out and try to get, get rid of the quick throw game. That's why I like that Brock Purdy was still letting it rip. I just felt like we still should have been able to stick to the running back game plan of the football game. Had we did that, Brock Purdy would have been MVP of this game. I guarantee it. Yeah, and I'll say this. like We moved the ball. We had almost 100 extra yards on top of what the Ravens did. It's not like we weren't moving the ball. We just weren't getting mm -hmm. points. You go two for four in the red zone, but the Ravens also went 50% in the red zone, right? The difference is they got 17 points off turnovers. We forced zero turnovers. They had 10 penalties and five first downs for penalties. We weren't even close. So the movement and the offense efficiency was there. You just didn't capitalize. And, you know, you look at those interceptions. Pro Football Focus attributed two turnover-worthy plays to Brock. The other two were just freak awesome plays. Uh, the second interception of the corner blitz where uh, 21 tipped it up in the air, that was a perfect play call audible read from Brock Purdy. He just didn't put enough air on it. Like, I mean, if, if you look at that, it would have been Debo versus a safety, and that was it because there was nobody else out there. Like, that was absolutely perfect play from Brock Purdy. He just didn't put enough air on it. And you got to give their guys credit. He made a freak play. He made a freak play, and the ball just bounced their way every damn time. Um, it very easily could have been a two-interception two game, and the 49ers win. That's what it could have been, but it wasn't, and that's not the way the NFL works. And you got to give Ravens credit. And, yeah, did Brock Purdy have a good game? No. But ask, let me ask you this. 
Steph, uh, let's turn it back to you. If the 49ers and Ravens played again today, who's going to be favored? It's going to be pretty close to even, but I'm telling you right now, is the ball going to bounce their way this many times again? Maybe Kyle Shanahan actually sticks with the running game, which averaged 6.7 yards to carry a game, and that's going to take away a lot of these risks. So I don't think that there is a blueprint set out for Brock Purdy. There's way too much stuff that you have to handle. There's one sample size game where the ball was turned over like this. Now, if you want to bring up the three games, maybe the blueprint is the AFC North because he's had three of his worst games against them. Perhaps that's what it is. But you put the sample size of bad games from Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, even Lamar Jackson, who really hasn't had that many bad games, but like everybody's having bad games. His just came on primetime on the second most watched football game of the entire year. Yeah, unfortunate. As uh, Barbara Carroll says in the comments, a blueprint to stop Hurts and Mahomes is the same. Bring pressure and they will fold. Now, I don't think Brock's blueprint is to bring pressure. He has yeah, shown he's, several he's times that he could beat pressure. He's still number one against the Blitz. This was this was schematically drawn out to where, like John said, like they had some tip passes. Let's just call it. Let's call a spade for a spade. Like, and and you gotta give them credit for capitalizing off of true. those opportunities, right? I mean, the ball's up in the air. We could have easily came down with it too, but we didn't, <laughs> and they did. And so they were in the right place at the right time. They made the right play, and you gotta give them credit for scoring. Most of them were field goals, and the rest were, you know, they had three touchdowns in this game due to whatever. But my point is, John is right. You take away. A half of those turnovers, the 40, which, and I don't think you can win a game losing the turnover battle, but if I had to ever pick a team to win a game losing the turnover battle, depending on when those turnovers happen and how those turnovers are, if they don't result in any points, I've still put my money on the San Francisco 49ers. The defense still is able to hold this team to not scoring touchdowns. They gave up a touchdown on a run. You got to add a couple penalties in there. And Gus Edwards buzzes up the middle because you had a couple of missed tackles from Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, two of the most best tackling linebackers in the NFL, missed that one. And then, boom, they get their first point. So at the end of the day, like, it would be different. And and I think the league knows it. And I, and, and, and I think everybody out there knows it. Ravens won, fair and square. They beat us down. And the whole purpose is how are we going to come back? How are we going to clap back? And we'll, we will only find out in the Super Bowl. Ravens just got to make it. <laughs> oh, you, we know the 49ers are going to make it. Is that what you're oh, saying? Oh, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> that You've already saying? owned the NFC. Yeah. There is no yeah, competition in the NFC. Maybe. Yeah. No, there's yep. not. <laughs> Themselves. That's it. Well, okay. Yeah, the, the pressure alone isn't going to be what stops Purdy. But one thing that was mentioned, and I forgot who mentioned this, but the, all the Ravens players mentioned it, that they were marrying – the pressure to the coverage. And I think that's what's important because I think, again, Purdy has, has proven he can beat the blitz. He can beat the pressure on its own. But if you're leaving guys open on the back end, he's going to be able to, you know, tear you up. The Ravens did a really good job of, of limiting any open space, any open receivers that they could. Um, and that's because they're good at all three levels of the field on, on their defense. So very unique uh, defense in terms of like their personnel. They have the right personnel to be able to do it. Um, and then something butthead in the comments said here is play zone and cut the outside run. Do not follow the motion player. 
stopping Kyle's offense. Yeah, the the Browns did the same thing. And at the time, I was thinking to myself, you know, they're not respecting the motion because Debo's not there and Trent's not there. But, you know, for, for much of the game, Trent was out there and they had Debo in this game. And it still felt like the Ravens were kind of just sitting on the motion. They they were very disciplined and and not taking the bait and not letting it, you know, trick them or anything like that. Uh so again, using one of the 49ers strengths kind of like against them. Uh, but I agree with you, John. I think that if these two teams were to play in, in the Super Bowl, that it would be played differently, I think, for, for Kyle Shanahan's side, right? It almost feels Should. like in these really tough games with like really good head coaches, like you can tell what head coaches Kyle Shanahan uh respects because he plays them differently. He he almost goes into the game saying, I know what you're going to do, so I'm just going to do this first. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to go away from what I know you're going to try to stop. I hate it. You know, you've noticed that, right? Like, Oh, yeah, that. it's two high safeties, and so they're baiting him into, like, look, okay, we're putting one safety low, but we're going to back him off late, and so we understand the 49ers run call cans, and so we're going to force you to throw the ball. And on that opening drive, right, you move the ball great, but it ends in an interception. At three of Brock Purdy's interceptions didn't even have a running back in the backfield. You know what I mean? Like not even a threat of a running play. Like not running the ball is one thing, but not even having the threat of yeah. a running play – that's where the teams get a tee off and Kyle just loves empty sets and maybe that's a Brock Purdy thing or whatever, but it has not fared well. You get the explosives, but you also have the worst explosives for the defensive side as well. Mitigate those losses, run the damn football, Kyle, not any play action boot plays, not moving the pocket. Like, come on. That's not who we are. That's not who the 49ers are. Kyle just kind of got outsmarted himself, which he does all the time. I love Kyle. Again, though. Love again Kyle. against like, he only does it in like these big games because yep. he, he didn't do it against the Cowboys. He didn't do it against the Eagles clearly doesn't really like respect that team as much, but against teams that he really respects like defenses, he really respects That's what he does. And it's kind of counterproductive. <laughs> but that's <laughs> what's going to, that's what's going to keep his offense from, from getting to the next level. If you're this great play caller you can respect anybody. How about you respect them by whipping their ass? Like, how, how about you do that? Because the 49ers literally have the ability to whip just about everybody's tail when they go out on the football field. The issue in this game, and a lot, a lot of people are going to talk about the defense and the sixth missed tackles and, 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 and the penalties and things like that. That's fine. Let's talk about how non-aggressive the offense was. And how can you be aggressive if you don't establish the run early? And, and, when, and when you get an explosive run, ding, 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 that means you probably should do it again and again and again until they figure out how to stop it. And that just wasn't the game plan. We all saw it. We all saw it. And if you weren't scratching your head, you had to say to yourself, like, oh, Kyle, what is going on? You, you, you must not want to win. That's the only way I'm accepting getting that beat by, by that team. You must just didn't want to win. Because it didn't look like the game plan was to win. Unless Kyle thought he can outsmart their defense and that cover two, the two-man safety high, cover four, quarters, cover, whatever they were playing, they were taking away the pass. They were forcing us to throw the ball, and and we, we made the mistakes. And they capitalized off the mistakes. So why not 
How are you not smart enough to counter from that? Uh, we made this mistake. All right, we'll try it again, but let's let's establish the run right here. Sounds like when they did establish the run, didn't we score a touchdown? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sean Shepard in the comments says, number one, Purdy did a no-no on his first interception. Two, Shanny completely freaked out at that point. Three, Purdy in tandem with Shanny got in his own head. And four, the Ravens D played this scheme into OT versus Stafford. Yeah, I mean, same scheme. They, you know, the Rams do some things differently, you know, because they do have different personnel. But yeah, I mean, the, it, it's, it's similar. True. It's, it's similar. True. Yeah, similar enough. You would think that you know Shanahan would attack them the same way. And what did the Rams do in that game? They ran the hell out of the ball with Kyron Williams. Kyron sure Williams did. is a dog. <laughs> they Christian did. McCaffrey's a dog too. Like, come on now. So I think we're we're all kind of on the same page. And I know some people, are, you know, say things like, oh, well, now people complain about it because, it you know, it didn't work. We weren't complaining when they were moving the ball down the field. I, I don't know if I was complaining, but I was definitely, like, scratching my head as they were, you know, moving down the field. I was like, damn, like, no runs? Okay. No runs. Like, this is interesting, no runs. but I guess. <laughs> That's all yeah. it was. wasn't a complaint, but it came back yeah. and bit us yeah. in the butt, right? The fact that we didn't establish the run, especially especially after the turnovers, I think it was even more importantly to establish that run just to take some of the load off and the pressure off of, of and make your offense go out there and establish their will. I just felt like not at any moment in that game, the offensive mindset was to establish and enforce their will on the Ravens' defense. We got punked. Mm -hmm. That's yep. and I'll keep going. Go, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, no, funny. go ahead. I was just going to say four losses this year. We've scored 17 points offensively oh God, in that's all right. four games. Crazy, and we scored right? 19 here, but two of them were by the defense. So, in all four losses, the offense has been the one to drop the ball, literally and figuratively, right? Like, that's the issue. The defense, I've, there was one point we had four interceptions and we were down four points in the, in the second half. Yeah. Like, and saying. the defense did their damn job, but eventually the damn breaks. Eventually, the dam breaks. The offense is not doing their job. They're giving the defense amazing field position. The fact they only had 17 points off turnovers, that's insanity to me. The that's, defense was awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> Six missed tackles against Lamar Jackson? Six that's missed tackles. It, it felt like more. It felt like more. I don't well, know if I Jair Brown numbers, was. But, you you have to make contact with the player to get a missed tackle, and there were about three plays where his he just was missed. so bad he didn't even touch him. Yeah, he just missed. It was like a, a miss. But like, you did everything defensively you wanted to do besides turn the ball over. If if the offense and special teams did their damn job, this game would have been a victory. That's all it, it is. With defense with, is fine. With, with four turnovers, though. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I you know, right. I don't remember seeing a team that has been able to overcome that type of that type of adversity. Like, you know, some people brought back the the Rams with Tony Romo. I don't care about that. So. What I'm saying is that would have been amazing. The NFL would have been scratching their head. Brock would have been MVP. The 49ers would clearly be the best team in football. But it didn't work out that way because for some reason, I'm still scratching my head on how don't we establish the run. It's what makes the offense tick. Why'd you go get Christian McCaffrey and only use him 14 times? <clears throat> He, with 103 yards and a touchdown. Make it make sense? 
<laughs> yeah, part of me says Kyle was like, look, we're keeping Christian McCaffrey out there the whole damn game, which I always hate. Um, and then it's like once he has that mindset, he's like, well, I can't run him that much because he'll get too tired. And that's like – You got other terrible. running backs? Jordan Mason's sitting there, and he's you, never you, had a bad game. You got never other running backs? Yeah, and no, he's Jordan Mason much. No. No, perfect this game. Hell, I would have been happy to see freaking Jeremy McNichols on as a running back. Just do something. Just run the ball. It doesn't have to be Debo. It doesn't have to be. They just didn't want to enforce their will for some reason. And 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 I, and I hate to sound like I'm taking away from what the Ravens did, because the Ravens were stout and very. What was the word you used? Disciplined on defense. They didn't budge. They didn't budge. And, and because they didn't budge, because they weren't out of position, because they weren't flustered by motions and all that type of stuff, the trickery, because of that, those balls felt their way. Pause. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. Why do you think he was in the right position to make the play? The ball 80 feet in the air just, just comes down on Kyle Hamilton's hands? Come on. They just didn't budge. They wouldn't move. They were told to play their spot, and it will fall. Sort of like feel the dreams. If you build it, it will come. It was weird. It was very weird. And and yeah, so like the the Ravens game plan of marrying, you know, their coverage to the pressure, I think got Brock Purdy out of timing. I think Brock is the bet like this season he's been the best quarterback within structure, right? And not that he can't make plays out of structure, but it becomes a little more difficult, obviously, as it is for any quarterback when when you have to play out of rhythm, out of out of structure, right? And so once the timing got off, it was just kind of hard to recoup, and it was like that, like every single play. But again, that was because you weren't seeing a lot of running plays in this game, regardless. So I I kind of want to shift the conversation because you know Wayne, you said earlier like the 49ers got punked. And we've seen this before, right? They got punked against, you know, the the Browns. And, you know, during their, their lose streak, you know, there were some punks or punking going on for the 49ers. And I just, like, it kind of feels like this season, and it's kind of different than other seasons I've seen. It seems like when the 49ers are the ones getting bullied this year, like, they don't really know how to react. Like, it just looks like they get shook. Which is weird because they used to be the bullies. They they are still the bullies when they're like, you know, beating teams by, you know, 20 points and they get the early lead and, you know, they just keep beating them up all throughout the game. But when it's like this smash mouth type of football game, Can't win like, those games. you know, that, that, Although, I, I, I will say, though, <clears throat> against the Eagles, you know, the, the first quarter, the first few drives, that was that was pretty close. And that game meant something, match. Steph. That, that I'm I'm gonna go so back. You don't to, think, what you don't think this game meant something as or as much to this? If to this if, team? if we're talking about the 49ers mentality, they played like it didn't mean anything. Think about the think about the teams they lost to minus the one NFC team and Kirk Cousins. We can say that we lost that game because we gambled, and on a gamble, it almost worked, right? Almost doesn't count, but hell, if Traverius Ward comes down with that interception. It's a totally different ball game before the halftime opposed to them getting a touchdown at the halftime. And so that was a gamble. It didn't work. You all-out blitz. Uh, you know, we talked about Huff not committing to the all-out blitz and that one extra defender could have threw the timing off, but it didn't happen. So I don't want to look back at that, but that was a gamble game. And even in that game, 
I felt like we still had an opportunity to win, and then Brock Purdy kind of turned the ball over a couple times. I wonder why. I, I, I think I'm going to go back and watch the film, John, and see on those interceptions where they're empty sets. I think that could be why these interceptions be popping up because there's no— Three out of four were. Damn it, Jim. That's my point. So, like, we're, 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 we are the bullies when we want to be, and I don't get it. Because that should be the mentality, period, no matter who you play. But when some games don't matter, they just come out, especially if things aren't going in their favor. Exactly. We just kind of turn into the the punkified and, and, and we just kind of fall back and then there's no energy. And then we got to sit there and deal with it and watch it for three hours. You know, it's kind of hard to get punked in that first quarter. But this game, come on. They didn't establish their will. Like, come on. Like, that's not what we need right now Weeks going into week 17. I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers come out in week 17 against Washington Commanders and Jacoby Brissett, who will be the starting quarterback for the Commanders this week, and beat this team by 98 points. I wouldn't be surprised. People won't care because, oh, they're the Commanders and they're not a good team. But, shoot, the Niners need to go back and, and fix some things and, 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 and tweak their offense. And if the Niners are just dominant, dominant mentally – and they established the run. I don't care who they run with. Just run the goddamn ball. Man, it just makes football, it just makes it easier. Every team looks to establish the run. Even Baltimore was trying to establish the run. The thing that gave them an extra bonus in establishing the run is that they have a running quarterback. That helped them. They got over 102 yards because of that. And four so, extra possessions. Damn. I mean, that... When you get the possessions, you can run the ball. And we ran for more yards than they did. Christian McCaffrey ran for more yards. By he himself. outrushed their whole team. Yeah, and way fewer tips. And so I'll, I'll go back to this. The NFL is evolving, you know, passing league, all that stuff, the rules, the stats, all that supports it. However, the age-old adage of how you win playoff football remains the same. Great defense, establish the damn run. That's it. The 49ers are a beyond physical team. But who are those people that kind of bring about the physicality to it? And that's Debo Samuel, who I would argue had his worst game the past two months. Agreed. And one, we didn't even give him the opportunity. We ran a couple of tosses to him. Not one jet sweep, not one misdirection, not anything. So the defense did their job for the first half of the game. After all those possessions, after all those things, they got caught in a couple of times. But the 49ers abandoning the run. I hate to say this. I'm going to keep going back to it. It takes you from a physical to a finesse offense. We got George Kittle. We got Debo. We got all these guys that want to punch you in the mouth, and we're not using them the way that they want to be used. You look at those runs to the left side of the offensive line, three-play drive, touchdown, 70 yards, done. Never went back to it. Just left it. Just we're, left not a, it. we're not a finesse team. No. No. We don't even have finesse players. So that's what that's kind of what spurred like me bringing up this topic because I did see someone say like the 49ers offense is finesse. Um and maybe they're playing finesse but that's not the type of players that they actually have. So, I don't know. It the offenses look different this year because, you know, Brock Purdy I'm know, wearing my Angry Runs t-shirt. I mean, <laughs> come go. on. Angry Runs. Come there on. Sorry, I mean, yo. Even we Brandon Ayuk, as as great as he gets open, is still not a finesse player. Mm -hmm. I've I watch finesse wide receivers. 
Brendan Ayuk is one of the most physical, mental wide receiver looking for contact and trying to avoid it at the same dang time. He's not going to look to run you over. He's going to look to run away from you and make a move on you. But gosh darn it, he's looking to make, he's looking to block. He's look like, we're just not a finesse team. And I feel like when we go finesse offensively, we can, we, we, we barely reach the minimum of 17 points. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's concerning that at this point in the season, it's late in the season, guys, and we have yet to see the 49ers, like, really win a, like, gritty game. Like, yeah. there, there's there been some games where it's felt close, but it's not really, like, you know, the game against the Seahawks. Early in the Eagles game, it felt close, uh, you know, before the 49ers blew that one up, but, like, a full like four quarters battle back and forth chess match. I was thinking it like early in the game. I was like, you know, this is a chess match. Like this is what you want to see as a football fan. And then in the second half, it just kind of like got out of control for the 49ers. And so they haven't been able to prove that they can win those kind of games and win that kind of way. And so it's a little concerning because you just know one, it's a week-to-week league. I know we feel that the 49ers are the best team in the NFC, right? And far and away, they'll be the favorites in every playoff game that they play. But again, it's a week-to-week league. Weird things happen in the NFL, all right? And if you can't prove that you can win these kind of games, I'm not going to feel as confident if the if the 49ers get into a game like that in the playoffs, you know, just because of what they've shown to this point. So hopefully they get it together. Obviously, I feel bad for the commanders because they're about to whoop that ass um, <laughs> to make a point, you know. Like <laughs> they they kind of like have it. to at this point. I, but what I, was I, I telling feel- you guys? What was I telling you guys last week that I was kind of worried about? That week 18 game against the Rams. The Rams. Oh, yeah. Okay, worried. Maybe that's too strong of a word. But it's like, again, week-to-week league. Now that's a must-win game for you. And you're going to have a Rams team that's surging and desperate, you know, to to seed, get seeding in the playoffs. I mean, before you even get there, you got to beat the commanders, right? <laughs> so, like, yeah. I, like, that's not a gimme. I guarantee you, listen, Ron Rivera trying to go out with a bang because he don't have a job next year. And so now he's starting Jacoby Brissett, who's going to look to beat the 49ers. These are all bragging rights for these players. Like You, you want to beat the best, right? And so, look, I don't expect them to get down or lay down. This, this, you know, this, they, they're going to come out and they're going to play smash mouth football like they normally do. And the, the 49ers got to stick to their game plan and just be who they are. Stop trying to be something that you're not. You don't have to come out there and be a finesse team and win by throwing. Who cares what the league and the, and, and the talking heads are saying? Oh, Brock Purdy is not a, an elite quarterback because he can't put the. That's none of that should matter. No, none of it. You, We can define elite how we want elite to be. And if Brock Purdy is elite in running the San Francisco Kyle Shanahan 49ers offense, then Kyle has to need, Kyle has to let him to run that type of offense. Don't change it up. At, like at, at, when you're playing a big, another smash mouth defense because you respect them, man, bump that. Make them earn your respect. A bunch of tip passes for interceptions ain't earning my respect. Now, if they would have picked, if they would have had more interceptions like that first one, that's earning the respect. I felt like Brock Purdy at that moment in that particular game, that was the slide to where Brock was going to 
either be great, overcome it, or it was gonna go. Shit was gonna hit the fan, and it hit the fan. The the Ravens won. Cool. Going to this Commanders game, they gotta be on their A plus game because the Commanders are gonna bring their A plus game, whatever that means. But you said it was week to week, and so the Commanders have been up and down. They don't look good, but that don't mean they're not going to play us well. They are at home, and we have to travel. So before I get to that L.A. Rams game, you know what I'm saying, at Levi's Stadium, to be announced, we got to go on the road on a short week and whip the shit out of the commanders. Yeah, and I think it's there. I'm excited to see Brissett, and I'm sorry. I don't respect the Rams. That defense is not good. They're giving up points to everybody. Their offense is balling. I understand that, but... We'll see. I, I'm not too concerned about that game. I, I do believe the Niners are in the best position to go 2-0 down the stretch, but you got to do it one game at a time. Yeah. And reestablish yourself. Go out there. Let's see that. But I, I don't give a damn about the Rams. Same old sorry-ass Rams. Let's just be real. I love John. I mean, that's fine. That's that's They fine. hot, Steph. I'm with you. They that's hot. Just, that's they just hot. not the situation nope. I wanted the 49ers to, to be in in Week 18, simply. like Why? I yeah, want the, the game to matter. I don't want it to be easy. Like you, the best. Be the best. Be the best. Like I don't want any injuries or anything like that. I wanted them to be able to like you know take some guys out in the you know second half. You know that's what I wanted. But we got to get the bye week the next week. So no, I want to go out there sweet. Well, they got to win these next two to get that bye week. So there it is. And yeah, the Rams can clinch a playoff spot if they beat the Giants, which I almost most certainly think they will. Uh, but they're still going to be playing hard that Week 18 game because that could impact their seeding in it, as it will for the 49ers too. Like It's a must-win game for the 49ers. So both teams going to be playing for seeding in the playoffs, and you know that's, that's pretty important too. So you know, the Rams not going to lay down either just because they've made the playoffs. Woohoo. Um, so it's going to be an interesting two weeks. And I'm not panicking about the 49ers. You know, I know they're going to refocus and everything. It's just, you know, it's going to be interesting. That That's it because you're going to get two teams who are going to play you hard. And, you know, it is what it is. But, guys, I'm done talking about the 49ers today. Well, no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to talk about them later. I know Wayne, John, you guys probably going to talk about them later as well. Um, But, you know, for now, that's our show for today. I appreciate all of you guys who tuned in. I know uh, a lot of you might be off work. For those of you that are not, thank you for tuning in between your break, while you're working, whatever you do. Appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, not just mine, but John and Wayne's as well. And I'm I'm just I'm looking forward to you know this next week and Fortnite's playing Jacoby Percet. Um yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that the commanders didn't announce that, you know, as early as they did, because I thought they were gonna milk that till the very end. I would have. But <laughs> anyway, appreciate all you guys. Have a good rest of your Wednesday, folks. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.